2: Breaking news, Terry Rozier.
1: He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good.
3: Terry Rozier! the fire! Oh! Oh.
2: Some frequent All right, what's up, everyone, and welcome in to another Buzz Beat, your Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by Brian today. This episode is brought to you by our partners, betonline.ag. On today's episode, we are bringing on Tim Martin. Tim is a professional basketball trainer based out of Dallas, Texas, and has worked with players like Trey Young, Miles Turner, Corey Brewer, Josh Howard, and what got our attention. We've seen him working out with Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington. Tim, thanks for joining us today, and how's everything going with you?
4: Oh man, I'm I'm blessed. I really appreciate you guys having
2: me on. Very good. Well, we definitely want to get into a little bit about you and your background, while also getting a little bit more technical with some of the basketball things and that you guys have been working on with PJ and Devante. And uh, I was doing some research on you. And it looks like you've really had a, a you know a crazy journey growing up. You moved around a lot as a kid. Uh, you dropped out of college. You were a single father. And I'm sure you dealt with a lot of adversity along the way. How would you say that that struggle and, and those troubles that you dealt with uh, growing up shaped the way that you kind of approach your your career today?
4: Well, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for, for any of us, um, we all have a story, you know, and to me, I try to live to uh, try to live by being optimistic um, that things are always going to turn out okay. You know, I'm just blessed to to be able to do what I do full time. Um, I'm around a lot of great people, but, you know, that's why I I call it the beautiful struggle. You know, you have to find the beauty in your struggle. And for me, I'm just always trying to, you know, take the positive out of the negative and, you know, um, just try to capitalize on opportunities. And I've been surrounded by a lot of people, great people that have taught me and, and molded me to become the man I am today. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed to, to be able to do this every day. You know, I really love what I do and I enjoy what I do.
1: So, Hey Tim, this is uh Brian. Th- thanks again for, for joining us, man. We really, uh, we really appreciate it. And that, that sounds like uh, a good perspective. I feel like any other, any positive person I've met that they, they have the ability to sort of, uh, uh to be able to take 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 a positive out of out of anything and, and and give have it build character and personal strength and stuff so um and i will say yeah. too as a, as a as a winston-salem kid um very happy to see that you have worked with uh with josh howard who was uh like my 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 absolute idol growing up and uh yeah. went to the went to the josh howard basketball camp in winston too so um, oh, he was man. a hell of a player. I feel like I I I, yeah, I hope people don't. Uh, he's a guy I feel like kind of went under the radar, but made an All Star team. Was on some really good good rosters with the Mavs too. But um, but yeah. So speaking speaking of the Mavs too, your your first job in the basketball world outside of some uh, some consulting obligations was, was with the Mavs G League affiliate, the Texas Legends. Uh, so two part question here. What was your role within that organization? And two, can you speak on the benefits of having this type of development system within the NBA structure? You know, I'd be curious to know uh, changes you've seen in the G League over the last decade as franchises sort of continue to dump more and more resources and time and energy into these uh, programs.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so when I when I was with the uh, Texas Legends, that was during the 2010 2010- you Nancy Lieberman was the head coach, mm-hmm. you know, Dale Harris was working in the front office with uh, Spud Webb. And, you know, for me, man, I was kind of a, a jack of all trades. I, I didn't really have a, a title except, you know, just kind of do everything. You know, I had to usher yeah. um, in the, in the stands I had to mm-hmm. um, do run the basket, help with the basketball camps. you know, help with calls mm-hmm. for making sales. So I kind of, I got to experience a little bit of everything on that yeah. first year, and it opened my eyes to what goes into an organization. You know, um, from the day-to-day operational side, and you know, it, it really um, forced me to kind of get out of my my shell um, by being so shy, and it forced me to, to communicate, learn how to communicate better, um, you know, and just be more organized in my day-to-day approach. So, I think it's beneficial for not just for players going through the G League route, but I think also for coaches and, and people like in the video coordination uh, space that are trying to come up um, through the front offices even. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's so many different opportunities that the G League really allows you to, to learn the ropes and um, understand the business um, at a high level, you know. And so I, I think I've learned a lot, and I was very fortunate to, to be a part of that, that movement very early on.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things. I I worked with a minor league baseball team for a little bit in in and out of college. And uh, that's like, it's all hands on deck. That's what people got to understand. Like if you work for for a system like that, like you got to be able, you got to really do have to be a, a utility player here.
2: There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website.
1: Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
2: Yeah, Tim, you are currently working as a basketball trainer. But before we get into kind of like the on-court skills that we're going to get into with Devonte and PJ Washington, what would you say like are the biggest life skills that you kind of want your players to walk away with after sessions with you? Like, do you, do you focus on life skills, or is it is it strictly just on the court action? No,
4: nah, man, we we talk about more about life than, than the actual game, you know. And I think it's it's good to talk to the players about life um, and and get to. Understand where they're at mentally and, and what they're dealing with emotionally, and all those different variables. Because you know we're dealing with human beings at the end of the day. And so, you know, when you talk about player development, it's also about human development. You know, developing good habits such as like a morning routine, whether it's through meditation and just getting your mind right through, for the day. You know, these guys deal with a lot of stuff off the court that majority of fans may not really be aware of, and it's hard to, to have that balance, you know? You know, it's just, they may be getting paid well and, and living this quote-unquote dream life, but, man, there's a lot that comes with it. And so, you know, just developing a sincere and genuine relationship with most players. That's kind of been my MO, and that's, that's the one thing I really enjoy about this, because you see a guy like P.J. Um, you know, I've been working with him since the ninth grade in high school. And so seeing P.J. go from ninth grade all the way to the pros, it's been a blessing to just witness that, you know, here's a kid who said that he wanted to make it to the NBA and it actually happened. You know, that's, that's surreal to me to, to be a part of that and to witness that. So yeah, man, the life skills is is everything. And that's why I, I enjoy doing what I do. Um, because it's, it's bigger than basketball.
3: Right.
2: Well, speaking of PJ, you started training him, like you said, in high school, and it seems like you've been working with him ever since. Uh, We obviously didn't watch him as a high school basketball player. Kind of tell us what he was as a player when he was 15 years old, and then what are some of the areas and skills that you feel like he's developed the most since then?
4: Oh, man. If you guys you guys got a YouTube PJ. Put put, put YouTube, PJ Washington, and, like, Finley Crick.
2: Okay.
4: Yeah. He was a big bully, man. He was, just, he was just a bully on the court. I mean, he was he was rebounding. He was just just setting hard screens. I mean, he was your your vintage Anthony Mason type player, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we knew somewhat of a hybrid force. You know, studying mm-hmm. the NBA game as he was coming up through the high school ranks, we knew that teams were starting to switch ball screens a lot. You started having these, these hybrid fours that may initiate the offense or start the break, you know, off the rebounds. But PJ was always one of those kids that would make the right play. He was actually always a really good passer in high school for his size. And always, I wanted to have a, a focus point, which was his three point shootings. You know, being able to work on picking and pops and, and picking and rolls. And, you know, he also played for, for Team Penny in high school. And so he was educated and and was taught a lot by Kenny Hardaway. So, you know, on how to make good decisions with the bar in his hand. And then obviously, you know, and outside of that, his dad was a great coach, too. So it was a collective effort. But shooting um, and ball handling, I would say, were the two biggest things that we focused on um, throughout high school and even his time at Perception.
1: And what what was that process like? I mean, it's it's. I mean, you've worked with two PJ even before this, but if you go back to his freshman year at Kentucky, he takes he takes twenty one three pointers, and uh, in year one with the Hornets, he takes two hundred and thirty, and you know almost one hundred and seventy of them from uh, above the break. I mean, it's just it's it's more than just, like his improvement from year one to year two at Kentucky was incredible, and it goes beyond just you know his three point volume going up or whatever. But what was the process like for making PJ the shooter that he is now, which is like a legit stretch for in the NBA at age 21, when two seasons ago, he really was I mean, mostly just like a
4: post-up bully at uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, well, man, I'll tell you, it, it's very tedious. You know, you gotta you got to break down the details within the details. And, you know, for me as a trainer, my job is to be able to find 10,000 ways to say the same thing. Cause I need <laughs> something for it to stick, You know what I mean? And so yeah. for, for, to become a great shooter, you really have to uh, build up your self-awareness. You need to be aware of what you're doing, right? What you're doing wrong and be able to auto correct this. Stuff. And, you know, for me, just constantly drilling and drilling and, and building muscle memory and talking about it and, and him also putting in the work, you know, it's about have, him being able to retain the information. You know, a lot of players mm-hmm. will listen, but they'll forget about it. But uh, P.J., he picks up on things very fast. And so, you know, from his days of high school, even at Kentucky, um, from his freshman year to his sophomore year, he increased his three-point percentage by 20%. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But that's just a testament of him actually not just putting in the work, but working smarter, and, and getting quality reps and you know that leads him now to one of the, the best rookie uh, three-point shooters in the game today.
1: Yeah and and, and Tim you, you may have touched on this a, a little bit already but just uh, you know with PJ this season we did see such a, a wide variety of skills. Uh, he's got a really nice touch out of the post that right-handed hook shot. A good you know guy that could catch a lob on the roller. Or pop, do a lot of different things after after screening or slipping, and and heck, man, we even saw old PJ handle it a little bit out of some some DHO or some occasionally Charlotte would clear out and run and run a little pick and roll with him as the ball handler too, you know with with someone who is so versatile and, and I'm guessing, you know, especially in the off season, you have such a finite amount of time. You've got only X number of days and weeks to, to work on a skill or to develop something new in a span of a couple of months. But how do you prioritize these sort of like discrete skills for guys to work on? Is that are you watching and seeing where the game's going and, and how a guys going to fit into a role in the NBA or, or are you trying to think, is it, is it something more outside the box than that?
4: Um, it's, it's a little bit of both. You know, you definitely want to um, stay in tune with what the, the coaches want and what their role is with the team. You know, you don't, you don't want to be teaching something that goes against that. But I think at the same time, also, um, when, you, when, you, when you're expanding your game as, as opposed to working out, and what I mean by that is, say, you know, we're only really working on one or two areas of his game throughout the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And if we're just focusing on two areas and building that up every single day, what's going to translate is that's going to translate into confidence. You know, and now he, he's seen every uh, every defensive coverage with that. He, mm-hmm. he knows all the technical movements um, for that, you know, and so just building off of those couple of areas, for me, that's, that's what works. You know, a lot of guys will kind of work on everything throughout the offseason. But for me, um and pj, we only really focus on one or two areas and just just go hard at that and and it definitely translates over time.
1: yeah, yeah I mean, you you can you can you can, you can see and, and yeah, it seems like the the way to maximize, again, having only a couple of weeks or a couple of months to. To do that is uh, yeah, it feels like Le- that's something LeBron does every summer. So LeBron just goes get goes out and adds one more tool to the toolbox. You know he masters it every yeah. offseason. Um, but let's uh, let's let's shift our focus over to uh, to, to Devonte. Um, look, you may not win it, uh, but but Devante, certainly in the conversation and deservingly so for most improved player in the league. He averages five points per game his rookie year, sort of on the fringe of the the rotation to. 18 points per game. He was a monster assist guy out of the pick and roll, really one of the best off dribble pick and roll shooters um, in the league. And, and part of that is his his range on his perimeter shot that he can, he can bend a defense with his gravity and he's going to force teams to guard ball screens a certain way too. Again, because of his off dribble shooting range as someone that's worked with him. Uh, how have you ever tried to expand his range shooting the ball? And, and how would that, how does that process achieve? Is that just, Strictly, like, you got to get up X number of shots per day? Is there is there more uh, – is there a different methods to madness than just volume and
4: practice? No, well, uh, you know, they, honestly, Devontae's development, that's all – that's a testament to uh, the coaching staff um, of the Hornets. Jay Hernandez and all those guys, they do a great job of just um, teaching the fundamentals and teaching the basics to give these guys success, you know, and putting them in the right – Positions to have success. So you know the Hornets staff and organization. The one thing I love about what they're doing is they're seeking uh, smart IQ guys, and it's not just smart players on the court, but the guys that are in practice. They're able to pick up on things very quickly, and you can see that with Devonte. Um, you know, he's that type of kid. You could just tell him one time, and he'll master it right then and there. You know, and so. Um, for him to go from his rookie year to his sophomore year, you know he just he, he just blossomed into one of the, the best point guards in the NBA uh, very quickly. And the same thing for Miles Bridges and some of these other guys. So I just think the staff for the Hornets, you know, they they're doing a great job of doing their due diligence by these guys that they're drafting and, and just um, you know coaching them up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Nate Mitchell is one of the guys on the Hornets staff that, uh, that gets, yeah, that yeah, I'm sort hey, of Nate. known for, for getting some of the credit for, for really working with Devonte uh, over yeah. the last, you know, 12, 18 months or whatever.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Nate, you know, all, like mm-hmm. I said, man, that's, I learn from them, uh, all the time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of their staff and, and you got a lot of hungry guys on that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they, they do the extra work. And same thing with the players. And when you mesh those two together, um, they have a bright future as an organization.
2: We actually saw a recent video on your Twitter, uh, Tim, of Devontae, you know, playing as a, as a ball handler out of the pick and roll and we've seen him this season you know being able to score out of the pick and roll and he was pretty efficient when it came to his pull up three point game having said that he did run into a lot of trouble when teams blitzed him and they try to get the ball out of his hands as much as possible and then if he did you know split the trap he occasionally struggled to kind of score inside the paint how much focus and I know that you probably haven't worked with him as much as PJ but how much focus have you spent on with him on that in between game and like what specific techniques or, or, or drills have you been stressing you know because more of a factor inside that three-point line.
4: Yeah, well, you know, once again, I I think that's more um, from the Hornet standpoint. I've I've worked with P.J. a lot more. So, you know, with Devontae, I I don't really, um, I haven't had the chance or opportunity to work with him on on those things, but I would definitely love to in the future if the opportunity ever presented itself. But, you know, to that point, um, I do say, like, if you go back and you watch Steph Curry, and some of these elite guards, you know, they all had to go through that that experience. Uh-huh. And, and the only way you can kind of learn how to deal with that is by going through it. You know, and, in year three, year four, he'll almost see every type of defensive coverage by that by that time and know how to respond, know how to react, and so forth. You know, I know Trey, Trey Young had to go through that a little bit after his rookie season. You know, a lot of teams started – trying to pick him up three quarter and, and try to get the ball out of, out of his hands early. And so it's just an adjustment, you know, and I think that comes with it just like a quarterback in the NFL, you know, like a Robert Griffin, you know, his rookie year for the Washington Redskins, he was just, he was hot. And then in year two, you know, those blitz packages started to change. And so, you know, I think any point guard in a league, you're, you're going to see, see different reads and coverages um, early on in your career.
1: Uh, one of the players uh, Charlotte's targeting, uh, I would imagine, or will certainly be, could be available in the in the, the pick range when they're looking in the in the middle of the lottery this year. Uh, Kentucky combo guard Tyrese Maxey, uh, another. Uh, Dallas, uh, Texas uh, product, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of of Tyrese Maxey. He's a really really uh, interesting and, and skilled young player. But uh, I just just sort of generally speaking, uh, you know, first you going back to PJ's NBA debuts This is like late October. He goes off, 27 points, seven three pointers against the Bulls just a couple weeks later uh, Tyrese Maxey makes his college debut for Kentucky Gets Michigan State 26 points and he just it was like unconscious at times and hit some absolute bombs in the second half um of that game but with both those guys bursting on the scene in, in different fashion a few weeks apart like tell tell us what's what's the emotion going through you when you see that are you are you on your couch cheering while these games are happening are you getting a you know, a text or an ESPN alert, and, and just sort of grinning about it. What, what emotionally? How does that feel to see two guys that you've worked with? Um, I mean, really hit the ground running this season.
4: Man, it, it's it's a little bit of two things. One, it's kind of expected because if, and I don't, I don't want to come across arrogant, and I'm I'm talking about collectively. Like when you have yeah. these, when you have these conversations, I'm I'm big on visualization. Uh-huh. You know, I always ask my players to send me goals. Like, what do you guys want to accomplish before the season starts? From a team standpoint and a personal standpoint, what do you what do you want out of life? You know, what do you? How can we manifest this to become a reality? Because it starts in high school, right? So, going from high school to the NBA, it's like sometimes you have to you have to expect these things to happen to you. You have to believe in your abilities, but you only really get there by expecting things by the work you put in. So if you put in the work and you believe that it's really going to happen, that you're going to have success in any game or any situation, then it, it comes off to where it's like, yes, it, it's a gratifying feeling, but it's like, okay, we got more work to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we want to always maintain and take that positive approach in anything. But then on the flip side, it's emotional. Because it's like watching your your little brother or your son You know, um, having their moment, Mm. for like the whether they're graduating or just you know it's those little things that now you're gonna be able to always talk about um, for the rest of your lives. So um, seeing Tyrese do that on the biggest stage, you know, at the Madison Square Garden, it's 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 awesome, man. It's really cool to see that because some of the things that you guys have worked on in the in the gym, you know, you you can see a change. Like, and be like, man, I remember when he couldn't really do this or he couldn't do Mm -hmm. that type of dribble Mm -hmm. and to see it progress and, and, you know, for him to reap the benefits of it because he worked so hard, you know, he deserves all the credit and it's, it's really, really cool to see.
1: Yeah. And, uh, just, just from hearing you, you talk, talk about these guys too. Uh, it, it's really easy for me to see why these guys uh, uh, like working out, like working with you, uh, Tim. That that's 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 repairing. It. Um, the, the the passion and the, the the care factor is is there, which is really really cool to to see and hear. But uh, to, speaking of uh, of Tyrese, you know, watching him finish around the hoop this season, he was he was really damn good. But driving closeouts, pushes in transition. You know, after splitting a pick and roll, he clearly has got you know. Great burst, quick hands, fast first step. And he has, I think, among a lot of these guard prospects, just excellent body control at the hoop. Um, mm-hmm. Has that ability to sort of get a shoulder into an opposing big. He doesn't, doesn't get a lot of shots at the rim uh blocked even though kentucky didn't have like amazing spacing this season or anything is that something you worked with with tyrese maxi on you know his ability to contort and finish with touch or is is, is that like an intuitive thing that just special got guys like tyrese maxi have the abilities
4: to to, uh, to do yeah so i mean we definitely worked on that i mean we we probably worked on well, I know we worked on his floaters and, and just, you know, utilizing the backboard in different spots of the glass for over a year, you know, early on in high school. And so, um, you know, Tyrese is one of those kids that he's just very curious. And I love this about him. He, he's very curious. And so when, you, when you're when you working with Tyrese, he's, he's always engaged. He wants to know all the subtle details, you know, um, and so, when you're, when you're becoming a great finisher around the rim, you really have to, to focus on those details because every little thing matters. How you're going to the basket, your your, your body control in midair, the way you position the ball and, and adjust and get away from those bigs coming at you. You know, um, it's, it's a science. You know, and, and then you add the, the creativity aspect of it. You know, he's just smooth as they come anyway. You know, he just got that little, that little pizzazz with him. But um, yeah, man, it's all it's all technique, man. But yeah, it's it's definitely being precise in, in our drills and building that muscle memory. And you know, I'm I'm glad to see him um, translate it on the court. Yeah, the
1: it, it, his again, his finishing at the hoop is is incredible. And and I assume you've worked on uh, Tyrese's jumper with his form on his on his jump shot is just like uh, is. Uh, phenomenal too um so anyways we'll uh we got one more question here and we'll uh we'll, we'll get you out so by by all means be be as brief or as um long-winded as you like to here but um <laughs> oh, yeah. you know the, the hornets they're not going to play for you know unless unless some of these other off-season things come to fruition they're able to do these OTAs or these these, some of these, you know, maybe exhibition games or whatever uh, in, in July and August, you know, they're not going to play for nine months. There's at least, there's a good chance of that. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know as a guy that literally for a living trains and develops players. And, and we've, we even heard, we've heard coaches and players that are of the A teams that are not playing. We've, we've, we've heard them express their frustrations with this, but from a developmental perspective, you know, what can a franchise like Charlotte do or the players on that roster do to essentially make up for uh, lost time? Something that that isn't their fault, you know? Like, they just got a delta, a tough hand here. But what can some of these teams do in this with this delta between the middle of March in 2020 and perhaps, you know, sometime in December this year if they're playing playing games again then?
4: Yeah, man, Um, that's a great question. You know, I think... Off the top, you know, I think teams are going to have to be more creative and innovative more than ever, mm-hmm. just because there's such a long stretch, there's such a long gap between now and, and uh next season, and so um, it's it's really
3: you don't want to you don't want to overdo it,
4: you know, by by having these guys work every single day, but then at the same time, you don't you don't want to just you know do nothing either, you know, you always want to try to stay the course and make sure that. You guys are in a good blue team throughout this um, long off season. However, that's the million dollar question. I think every team is going to struggle with trying to find that answer. And the, you know, going into the off season with trades and and the draft, even you know, I think I'm hearing it's pushed back until like October. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I yeah. could be wrong, yes. but yeah. I mean, this whole draft process, even for me, has been just it's been strange. You know, like I'm. I think the draft would be next week, if I'm not mistaken, originally. Yeah. 25th, would be next
1: Thursday, yep.
4: Yeah, so I am I got these guys for another two to three months. So it's going <laughs> to be interesting to see how polished some of these rookies are coming in for their first year, as opposed mm-hmm. to in the years past. Um, and then it's going to be interesting to see who's coming in out of shape. You know? Right. Because um, it's, it's hard for a lot of guys to just work out with no – game action you know the, the the player development stuff and the training is cool but at some point these guys want to get out there and, and, and five on five and, and travel yeah. and yeah. compete you know yeah so yeah it's going to be interesting man. it really is
2: well tim we do appreciate your insight and your time with us today if, if people want to know more about what you do or, or look into some of your video content out there where can they find you online on all your social media platforms
4: yeah, so um, on, on my Instagram, it's just Tim Martin B ball. And then on my Twitter, it's Tim Martin underscore TX. And I always try to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the best job I can. To, to. I love to put out a lot of free content just for other trainers or coaches that are trying to teach, or even players just trying to understand uh, concepts and, and develop their game. So, you know, you guys could also email me anytime um, at timmartinb ball at gmail.com. You know, I love answering questions. You know, anything basketball related, man. I'm a basketball junkie, so I really appreciate you guys having me on. It means a lot.
2: Well That's good. Thank you. Thank you for your time again. I know our listeners will enjoy this episode. They've already kind of retweeted some of the stuff that you always put out with the Hornets and Devonte Graham and PJ Washington. So you definitely get exposure from our fans.
1: Yeah, nice. No, I love man. Tim, thanks again for coming on. We really, we really, really appreciate it. This was hey, no uh, this was a lot of fun, and and yeah, we really do have some uh, some some listeners that were geeking out when they heard you were coming on the show too. So, uh, best of luck with everything, and, and thanks again, man. We really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, I would love to come on, you know, anytime, man. Anytime y'all want me on, I'm, I'm there. So thank you, guys. Definitely.
2: All right, thanks again to Tim Martin for coming on our show. Listeners, if you want to win some AirPods or some Blue Wire merch, we need your help in filling out a survey about you and your podcasting experience. The link is going to be in the episode notes. Just click on that link, answer some questions about yourself and your listening experience, and it should take you no longer than 90 seconds to fill out. Once when you enter, you will automatically be entered for a chance to win AirPods or that Blue Wire merch. Thanks again for tuning in to another BuzzBeat. We will see you guys
3: next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant, and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over two thousand calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save two hundred dollars plus get free shipping on all their ready-hour three-month emergency food kits.